Well, Merry Christmas, church. My name's Reese. Uh, get the privilege of being one of the pastors here, and I'm so thrilled that you're here on this very chilly Christmas, yeah? Hey, uh, just a quick reminder to all the guys, it is almost time to start your Christmas shopping. Uh, Almost. Hey, I'm not uh, sure how you got here tonight. Maybe you were invited by a friend. Maybe you were coerced or manipulated or dragged or maybe your mother threatened your life if you weren't with the family in church at Christmas. But for whatever reason, uh, we're really glad that you are the one sitting in your seat. And don't worry, it's about two and a half, three hours and we'll be done, okay? <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. We're really glad that you're, you're with us tonight. Hey, as a church, in December, we've been journeying through this topic, A Christmas to Believe In, culminating in tonight simply called Believe. Now, some of you might have seen this on YouTube, but uh, Jimmy Fallon, the host of The Tonight Show, has taken uh, rock stars down into New York City subway, uh, all disguised, and has played for just the morning commuters. Have any of you seen this on on YouTube? Yeah. So one day he took uh, Bono from U2, and uh, they were disguised and played, and there was uh, a bunch of just morning commuters who didn't believe it was anything special, didn't believe there was any reason to stop, and so they just continued to walk on by one of the biggest bands in our recent history. Then there were others that started to believe, and those that believed received a once-in-a-lifetime moment. They got to be 10 feet. There was another time he did it with uh, Christina Aguilera, and she sang her songs, and then another time with Miley Cyrus, and she sold her, sung her songs, and people that believed, uh, they stopped and were 10 feet from some of the biggest rock stars on the planet. Some didn't believe and didn't receive that experience. Hey, before I move on, uh, this is a little embarrassing to say, I don't think I've ever told you this before, but when I was in Nashville as a youth pastor, Miley Cyrus was in my youth group. And there was this one night, she came up and she said, "Uh, Pastor Reese, would you pray with me? Uh, I'm going out to LA to audition for a Disney show called Hannah Montana. And I still remember where I was at the, at the front of the church, and she said, would you pray with me now? And I prayed a prayer for Miley Cyrus to get the lead role in, in Hannah Montana. And as you know, she got that role. What I need to apologize for is I didn't pray for her music career, and we all know where that ended up. <laughs> so my apologies, I feel responsible. <laughs> I want to take a few moments to talk about this theme, believe. I actually want to take some time and look at what is some prominent barriers, in fact, three prominent barriers to us believing the Christmas story. You see, if you keep the Christmas story as simply a kid's play, it's kind of easy to believe. Put it against Peter Pan and uh, Alice in Wonderland and these kind of things, and it's actually fairly easy to believe. But if you move to a place of believing that this actually happened, it's a lot 
for someone to believe in. Think about it, there's angels appearing, a virgin conceiving, a God being born as a human, a king arriving in a stable, something to believe. Author Tyler Staten writes, believing in the existence of God has never really been the hang up for us humans. Across cultures and eras, the existence of something bigger than us has always been the popular opinion. Even today, in a post-enlightenment, highly skeptical, society bent on deconstruction, the majority of people believe in some kind of deity who is running the show. So a Christmas to believe in. It kind of boils down to having faith. Hebrews 11.1 says in the scriptures, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. In the Greek language, the original language of the New Testament, the word believe is the word pistero. And pistero derives from another Greek word, pistis, which is translated faith. So in the scriptures, to believe is literally to have faith. So often, one of the big barriers to us believing is our suspicious culture. Do you guys know the saying, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, you know that saying. We are a suspicious people, aren't we? Hey, have you ever tried to uh, sell anything online, maybe on Craigslist or Marketplace? A couple of years ago, uh, I had a, an off-road dirt bike that I wanted to sell, and I was unsure if I was gonna be able to move it, so I listed it at a pretty aggressive price at $4,500, and I put it on Marketplace, and I posted it, and guess what? Immediately, a really nice lady emailed me and said, or messaged me, and said she would love to pay full price for the bike, and it's for her son, who is out at sea working on an oil rig, and she wants to ask if uh, I could pay for the shipping, and then it would be about $400, and then she would give full price, the $4,500 plus the $400, and she would uh, transfer $4,900 to me. Well, friends, I, I wanted to sell this bike and I got a buyer full asking price immediately. She even uh, put the details of uh, Western Union where I could go on. And so I can tell you where I was, sitting on my couch in my living room with my laptop on my knees and I had this thought, this nice lady with a son out at sea on an oil rig needs me to transfer her $400 in advance. I had this thought, should I text my wife, <laughs> ask her before I agree to this, or, wait for it, see the delight in her face when we have $4,900 put in our account? <laughs> Come on, husbands, you know what I chose to do. So I, I went on westernunion.com I filled out all of my details. I got to the part where I put my uh, account details, my bank account details, and it was at that point, I wondered, is this a scam? <laughs> <laughs> Sh 
surely not. Surely this adds up. I posted it, she responds immediately, really nice lady, she just wants to buy a bike for her son who's working on an oil rig. Yes, it was a scam, okay? I got that close to losing $400 and sleeping on the couch that I was sitting on in that moment. But sometimes we just have to acknowledge that we live in a very suspicious culture and there's good reason for it and it's where the saying comes, if it's too good to be true, like you just posted the bike, it probably is. We've learnt through times like that to live in a very suspicious way about our culture. Why, why are you being extra nice to me? Why, why are you offering to help? Why are you selling this so cheap? What strings are attached? We've got fairly connected to this sense of suspicion. In the Christmas story, Mary, the mother of Jesus, receives some astounding news, but she has some suspicion at first. In the Bible, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one, verse 26, it reads this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. A little suspicious. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. Now I'm not sure how you would respond, perhaps wanting this to be true, just like I wanted that lady buying my bike to be true. But maybe some additional questions are in order. Perhaps you could relate with Mary, say, I, I wanna commit, but I need a little more information before I do so. And this is what the angel answered her. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. See, it is faith that caused Mary to overcome her suspicion. She moved from suspicious to willing to believe. That's all God requires, by the way. Just for us to be willing to believe. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Incidentally, this is the same response that Jesus gave to his father in the Garden of Gethsemane 33 years later, the night before he surrendered his life. The next barrier to believing is we are a very skeptical culture. We become cynical, sarcastic, and untrusting. The Oxford Dictionary defines skeptical as simply doubt as to the truth of something. You know, social media has ruined our innocence in a lot of ways. You guys know uh, the group of friends called Dude Perfect? 
they uh, rose to uh, celebrity famous with their YouTube clips doing uh, basketball trick shots and, and other kind of feats. Some of their videos have 430 million views. And these guys have become the trick shot experts and made millions of dollars doing it, by the way. But then there has been the rip-offs, what we know as the green screen. This is people who have uh, edited it in such a way that it looks like the basketball went in the hoop, but in actual fact, with some clever editing, some filters, some Photoshop, time-lapse, we live in a time when there's a reason for us being skeptical. Because you can make someone or something appear however you desire on social media. Author Emily P. Freeman writes, we are skeptical, but we want to be trusting. We are doubtful, but we want to be surprised. In Matthew 1.18, it reads, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Focusing on our current circumstances often makes us skeptical of believing a God who exists, who cares about the details of our lives and has a plan and purpose for us. So maybe this Christmas you find yourself distracted by what's happening in your life, by your current circumstances. Maybe this year you've been struggling with some health issues for you or for a loved one. Maybe you've had a chaotic year in your career and things are not going how you expected them to. Maybe you're still single and the loneliness this year has reached a new ache in your life. Maybe you're a single parent and you're overwhelmed and just trying to keep up. Perhaps this Christmas you acknowledge that your marriage is hanging by a thread. Maybe you're disillusioned spiritually. Or you're a teenager or 20-something and you're struggling with your identity and your direction for life. Maybe you're on a tough financial terrain right now. Or perhaps you're managing a pretty heavily fractured relationship. Sometimes we are so fixated on our circumstances, it becomes a direct deterrent to us trusting. We get stuck and remain skeptical and guarded. But consider Joseph for a moment. When he stopped focusing on his circumstances that were keeping him skeptical, what we find is him moving from skeptical to trusting God. Verse 20 reads, as he considered this, his circumstances, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Then verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not lay with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. 
The last barrier that I wanna mention is not so much an outward barrier, but rather an inward barrier. It's the feeling of being unworthy. Something in your past, something you've done, or a way you feel about yourself makes you feel unworthy of believing the Christmas story. But the Christmas story actually has God including lowly of society in shepherds being prominent message bearers for the Christ child. Scripture reads in Luke 2.8, that night there were shepherds staying in their fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Born in the city of David. This message delivered to lowly shepherds to be key people who would be responsible for this message. First century scholar Dave Adamson suggests that typically Western Christians picture these shepherds as being 30 to 45 year old men with beards. But history and culture suggest these shepherds could have been young girls. In the Middle East, most shepherding is done by children, many of them girls. Typically, the men with beards watch from a distance as their young relatives take care of the sheep. And since shepherding was considered a lowly role, it was often performed by girls as young as eight who would look after the flock until they were 15 and ready to be married. So to think, God chose to reveal the birth of Jesus to a group of young girls. Talk about a sense of feeling unworthy. Have you ever lived under that label? Something you did or some role you played caused you to believe that you were undeserving, unsuitable, unworthy. Unworthy to be loved, unworthy to be seen or listened to, unworthy to be considered valuable. Pastor Albert Tate says, remember it's only a label if you pick it up and wear it. Maybe you've never really believed in the miracle of the manger and the gift of God's son to humanity. Maybe you've never fully grasped that God could love you, that he could forgive you, that he could heal you, that he could cleanse you of your past and give you a new future. Maybe you've been wearing a label and this Christmas, you would choose to move from unworthy to receiving the invitation to believe. For these shepherds, they refused to live into the label that would be a barrier to them believing. And in verse 16, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The truth is, this Christmas, Jesus is waiting for you to believe. He's been waiting ever since the cross to put his arms around you, to forgive you of your brokenness, to forgive you of your past, to forgive you of your wrongdoing and to deliver to you a fresh new start. A start that would have you saying, this Christmas season, 
yeah, I, I think I wanna receive that invitation to believe. There is such power in belief. When we believe, there is incredible power at work. It was a Christmas Eve in 1906. There was a young scientist, a 33-year-old professor, who was working on uh, an invention that he believed he was so close to getting this invention to work. It was a microphone connected to the airwaves to be transmitted over radio. And on Christmas Eve, this young professor couldn't stop working on this invention. He felt like he was so close. You see, up to that point, 1906, the only communication that had happened over airwaves was Morse code, was beeps and tones to be deciphered by ship captains and uh, on-the-road journalists trying to get important information by deciphering code. But on this Christmas Eve, this young inventor believed that the microphone was working. He believed that we could actually hear audible voice over the airwaves, over the radio. Now, he didn't entirely know that it was working or not working, but he believed that he'd done everything he could. And so it came to that moment when he was about to speak words into the microphone. A historic moment was in his hands. What are the very first words that he would speak that if his invention was working, would transmit over the airwaves and over the radio? Do you know what the first words ever heard on radio were? Let me read them to you. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. The very first words spoken over the airwaves on radio was the story from Luke chapter two of the birth of Jesus Christ. This young scientist, this moment, believed that it was working. He believed that there were right now ship captains who had heard an audible voice that journalists were scurrying around as they leaned into these small little speakers, these transmitters. They heard Luke chapter two. But he wasn't finished and so he reached down and he picked up his violin and he started to play. The first audible words spoken were Luke chapter two. The first music ever heard over the airwaves transmitted by radio was a song, O Holy Night.
the stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A
I can sing like that, I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> hey, would you thank Alice on the violin and John for that? N.T. Wright is probably the leading New Testament scholar alive today. He says about believing, ultimately, believing that God raised Jesus from the dead is a matter of believing and trusting in a God who would and did do such a thing. This is where our word belief can be inadequate or even misleading. What the early Christians meant by belief included both believing that God had done certain things and believing in the God who had done them. This is not belief that God exists, though clearly that is involved too, but loving, grateful trust. To believe is to exercise faith. To believe is to receive the invitation, and that's done by faith. You see, the manger reminds us that God can do what he says he can do. The God of the universe can come in human flesh, be born to a poor girl in a farmer's stable, live a perfect life, then die a sacrificial death on a blood-stained Roman cross, then be buried in a borrowed tomb. He can rise again three days later so that the debt of your sin, your wrongdoing, that it could be paid, could be atoned for, that you could be forgiven and his grace could find even you. You just have to be willing, like Mary, to believe, trusting like Joseph, and then like the shepherds, receive the message. John 1.12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The greatest invitation that we will ever receive on this planet is the invitation from the creator of the planet to be his son and his daughter. I wanna ask if you would please take a moment just to bow your head and close your eyes and I just wanna lead us in a personal moment between you and and God, no one's looking around, no one's moving around. And I wanna raise these three barriers to believing that we've looked at, because maybe there's one of them that particularly resonates to you in the year 2022. I wanna, in a moment, go through them, and I'm gonna ask if they connect with you specifically, if you would raise your hand. And so the first is this, if you would say this Christmas season, I. I I've kind of been a suspicious person, but I wanna move to being a willing person, willing to believe. Then I ask you right now, no one's looking around, just between you and God, if you would slip up your hand and say, yeah, I've been held back because I've been so suspicious. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, God bless you, God bless you. You can go ahead and put it down in the balcony. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Right, maybe being skeptical, that resonates with you. When I talked about that, you said, yeah, I've, I've grown kind of cynical and sarcastic and untrusting. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical. 
And you would slip up your hand in these moments because you wanna move from skeptical to trusting. And so I wanna invite you right now. If that's you, go ahead and, and raise your hand. So I wanna move to trusting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, God bless you. Over this side, yeah, God bless you. I see those hands, yeah. Over this side, yeah, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Well, lastly, you might say, hey, not only this year, but for a long time, I've felt unworthy. Unworthy to be seen and loved and valued. I felt unworthy and tonight I wanna receive the invitation to be loved by God. And so if that's you, if you feel a sense of unworthy, would you slip up your hand and I'll see it and you can put it down. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, God bless you. Over the side here, yes, thank you. God bless you. Wow, lots of hands, thank you. You can slip them down. So Father God, in the quietness of this moment, you've just seen some people share an outward expression of a, an inward reality for them. Something where they've wanted to move on from what was holding them back to believing the gift of Christmas, your son. Father Christmas, we remember that you demonstrated the lengths you would go to to love humankind. May everyone here experience that gift, I pray, Father. The gift of your son, Jesus, this Christmas. May we know the fullness and the knowledge of your love and acceptance and Father, we in these moments acknowledge that your hand of grace is outstretched to all of us. And that hand has an invitation attached to it that we would indeed believe, that we would put our hand inside your hand and grasp it tightly this Christmas season. We would receive the invitation to believe in your only Son that you sent to divide history in two that we acknowledge and celebrate at Christmas. Father, we give you this worship time in the name of that Son, Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed, said? Amen. Amen.